All right. Good evening, everybody. This is the iBug Buzz, episode 540 for June 27, 2022. I'm Greg. I'll be co-hosting today with Sandia. For any of you that are new to the iBug Buzz, this is an open forum discussion where we can raise questions, talk about issues related to the accessibility features on our iOS devices like the iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, Apple Watch, or Apple TV. We are recording. So if you need to refer back to something that was said, you can access the recording on the iBugToday.org website. You can go to the iBug YouTube channel, or you can listen to the recording as a podcast episode on your podcast app of choice. To keep things running smoothly, we ask that you follow a few simple rules. First, if you're not asking or responding to a question, please stay muted. Second, when you want to ask or answer or respond to a question, we'd ask that you wait until there's a break in the conversation, unmute yourself, state your name, and wait for one of the facilitators to recognize you. We want to, uh, okay, and third, number three, we want to give everybody a chance to participate. So if you've asked or responded to a question, please let others do the same before you jump back in. This is not a game show. We're not competing to see who's the quickest to hit the unmute button. And you don't get money for answering the most questions. And rule number four, we ask that you minimize background noise. That would mean put your, put your phone ringers on mute, turn off those clock chimes, unplug the A-ladies and the G devices, and send your noisy family members to the other end of the house. So how do we unmute? On an iPhone, the mute-unmute toggle is in the bottom left corner of your screen. On an iPad, it'll be up at the top toward the center. On a PC, you'll use the Alt-A combination. On a, on a, uh, on a Mac, on an Apple computer, You'll use Command-Shift-A, and on either of the PC or the Mac, you can also use the space bar, hold the space bar down to talk, and then when you release it, that'll send you back on mute. If you're calling in on a landline, you'd use the star six combination. So I think that does it for my part of the introduction. So for announcements and a preview of what's coming up this week, I'll send it back over to the inimitable, the illustrious, the icon or an icon of iBug, Sandia Rao. Wow, I'm 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 uh, blushing. All right, thank you, Greg. Okay, so here we go. We have a pretty calm week for iBug, so let's enjoy. 
Uh, so here we are now at the iBug Buzz for the next two hours. We hope you stick around. And then tomorrow on Clubhouse will be the mini buzz. And that will be on Clubhouse. So uh, and all times that I mention are central time. And they will be on Zoom unless specified otherwise. Okay. And the Zoom link is the same for all of the events that I am going to mention. Okay, so Clubhouse from tomorrow, we're going to talk about basically a continuation of what we're doing tonight. So think of something at three in the morning, just hold on and you can ask your question tomorrow on Clubhouse. Then uh, in the evening, uh, we have iBug Macintosh, and that'll be on Zoom, all things relating to your Mac, whether you should get one or maybe you have one and it's just sitting there like a paperweight. Okay, so you can come and figure out how to revive it and use it. So that's what we talk about there from 7 to 8.30 on Zoom. And then we are off Saturday, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, and then we are back on Friday for iBug Night at the Virtual Movies for the beginning of July. And with those amazing clues and, you know, all the other uh, frivolity come back at the top of the hour and we will reveal the clues and figure out what movie we are going to be watching and you can compete for those fabulous prizes. Then on Saturday is iBug Unplugged. It's an opportunity for us to get to know each other or maybe you don't want to get to know us. I don't know, but it's just a fun casual event. And the topic this month is daily stuff. And I am not sure what that's about, but I guess we will find out. And that'll be on Zoom at 8 p.m. Central Time. Then we will have a meeting on July 4th. So we will come here and we can watch the fireworks on this call. Okay. All right. So that's our recap of what's coming up this week. And as far as social media, we have a website, ibugtoday.org, I-B-U-G-T-O-D-A-Y.org is the best place to get all the information. You can register for free. You can check out all the upcoming events. If you on the list, you'll get a nice listing of all the things coming up for the month. And that will be coming up as we end the month of June. What else? We have facebookpage.com slash facebook.com slash group slash iBugToday where you can pose your questions, ask other questions, help other people with their questions. It's a great place for getting questions answered. And then we have Twitter at iBugToday is the handle. Check out all the information that is coming out on that platform. And if you need to contact us, you can always send an email to iBugToday at gmail.com. And I think, oh yes, we have a mentoring program. How could I forget? And there, you if you are a beginner user and need help, please fill out the application on the training tab under the Jumpstart Mentoring Program and complete the application. We'll match up with one of our amazing advanced users and we will get you on your way. It is a 12-week program of training. And like all of our services, it is free. Okay, so there we have our announcements. Greg, I'm done. I'm handing it back to you. Okay, you're not going to say anything nice about me? Uh, my mom said, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Okay, so now would be the time that we, we go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, so if you would, uh, state your name, tell us where you're from, and if you're new to the iBug Buzz, please share that with us. So I'll start. I'm Greg.
from a very dry central Texas. This is Herbie I'm Houston. Jack. Go ahead. Herbie, go ahead. Sorry, Herbie. Oh, no, I was just saying Herbie in Houston. Okay. And Pete this is from Brad. I'm, this is Brad. I'm in Dallas. Go ahead. Hey, Brad. Pete, how about you? <laughs> okay. Third time's a charm. Pete from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Pete. Marie hey, from Reno. Marie, welcome. Sabrina from Texas. Sabrina, hello. It's Tim from Chicago. Hey, Tim. Glad hey, you Greg, how's it here. going? Yeah. Jody from New Hampshire. Jody, good evening. Good evening. Dan from Southern California. Hey, Dan. D from Southern Illinois. Hi, D. Hello. Marvin from Chicago. Hey, Marvin. Helene from Woodstock, New York. Hi, Helene. Good evening. Roy from Fort Worth. Calandra from Fort Worth. Hey, Roy. And who was that from Fort Worth? Calandra. Calandra. Hi, Calandra. Who else do we have? This is Gail in Houston. Hey, Gail. How are you doing? Good. This is Suva from Houston. Hey, Suva. Thomas from Grand Junction, Colorado. Hi, Thomas. Anybody else? This is Sandia in Houston. Sandia from Houston. Okay. Is that it? Okay. I think that's it. Well, all right. We'll have a chance later to, if anybody didn't get a chance to introduce themselves, we can, we'll do that again later. All right. And I didn't hear anybody new to iBug. Did you, did you notice anybody, Sandia? No. Okay. All right. So let's get it started. This Who has is the first question? This is Gail. Gail, go ahead. <laughs> you got to go first. That's with this group. Um, okay. I was on Facebook today and I was trying to do a two finger double tap under comments to say, you know, on the happy birthday. And I noticed today that when I did it um, for the dictate, that it didn't work. And also when I went to the keep keypad and I went to dictation, it also didn't work. And I was wondering, is there a problem with Facebook and dictation? If, has anybody else noticed that? Or is it me? <laughs> I bet it's it, it was it was working yesterday. Who who can respond to that? This is Pete. Go ahead, Pete. I'm not. If you were in the birthday thing where you get a notification that says it's so and so's birthday and it takes you to the birthday wish screen, um, I've noticed occasionally, but not recently, that sometimes the text field is not accessible. You can't really, you can't even type in it sometimes. Um, and it's not limited to dictation, but I've not noticed anything recently. Well, this is Gail. I was um, not even that good on Facebook. I was, somebody had commented, you know, happy birthday. So I went 
under their comment and then where it went to comments, that's where I, I usually do it. And when I double tapped the two finger double tap for the dictation, which usually works, it, it just wouldn't let me do anything. Okay, anybody else? This is Helene. Helene, go ahead. Um, I find that it's very problematic for me as well. And I always wait for someone to recognize the birthday and I do just what you do, Gail. I was, but my, my thing that I find is that if I reboot the phone, shut it down, like, you know, go to the left side and do, you know, the up and down and then hit the other button on the other side. If I start it all over again and I go back to Facebook, then it seems to be happier. Okay. All right. That this okay, scale, Gail, was, Yeah, please. Yeah. Was, yeah. Before you before you say anything, please okay, state your name and and let me recognize okay. you just to keep things orderly. Go ahead. Okay. This is Gail. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of that, but I wanted to bring it up first to see if if there was something I was you know doing wrong or if there was something else. But I was thinking about doing that before I came to the group tonight. Of, you know, closing the phone and restarting it. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have anything new to add, or if not, let's move on to another question. Any anything else on that? Okay. Let's go ahead and move on. I hope that helped, Gail. Thank you. Uh, yeah. This Gail. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another question. This is Sabrina. Um, I have a question, but I'm not exactly sure if y'all would be able to answer it. Um, I recently got hearing aids and they connect to my iPhone. Um, I was wondering if any of y'all knew how to make notifications go off through my hearing aids. All right. Anybody have experience with that? This is Brad. Go ahead, Brad. What kind of hearing aids did you get? I mean, what brand? Otacon. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I have resound. I don't know. They work a little different. I, I get everything. All voiceover comes through mine. Are you not getting everything? Um, I get phone calls, but like text messages or emails, I don't get that through my hearing aids. Is is this is Brad? Is is there an Oticon app? Uh, this is Brennan. Yes, there is. Have you, have you gone through the app, and see what settings there are? I can't remember. Seems to me. Does when you paired the did your Oticon pair through the accessibility settings or did you pair them through the app? Both. Both. Okay. Okay, because I know the resound, it's all done through the app. I don't go to you know my regular iOS settings to do it. And everything that the head that the hearing aids do is controlled through the app. I would check with your audiologist and ask them about it. Most of them nowadays are pretty uh, familiar with how the the different brands of hearing aids work with the iPhone and and voiceover. Uh, okay. Although sometimes I find they are they need a little education in voiceover, but uh, they're. Uh, but most of them seem to seem to understand it. But I would check that. I'd also, like I said, check your um, 
check your Oticon app and see if there's a setting in there because it may control how much you get. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you, Brad. And mm -hmm. this is Sabrina. Sorry. Thank you. Does anybody else have experience with the Oticon hearing aids and voiceover? Okay. Well, I hope that helped. I was I was thinking the same as Brad. I was thinking maybe talk to your audiologist and see if they could uh, provide some guidance. So let's move on to the next question. This is Dee. Dee, go ahead. Okay. Um, with the passwords app, I don't know if that has changed through the years, but didn't we used to, I'm sure we used to be able to go in there and actually see what our password actually was or go in there and write out our own password instead of having iOS choose one for us. But I, I would swear I used to be able to tap on something and I could actually see what my passwords were. I can't do that anymore. Okay, who can help D with that? Was Brad. No, Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, that seems to have changed, D. Um, I have noticed that on both uh, the iOS and the Mac. You used to be able to go in there, particularly in iOS, and see what your password was. That was also uh -huh. great for when you can't remember what was my password. And I could go in to the password section of the uh, iOS settings and I could see it. But they have changed that. Now they're secret. So there's no help. Okay, uh, but there is when you create a password on a website or or uh, in an app, it does pop up something at the bottom of the screen where uh, Keychain is going to suggest a password. Um, and you can either accept it or there's usually a button below it that says something to the effect of create my own or use my own password. So this you can still do that. But once you've set them, you can't find out what they are anymore. All right. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Herbie. Okay. So actually, there is a way you can see your password still. If you go, when you go to where your thingy is, if you go to the edit button, then it changes the password from secret to visible. And you can get it that way. It's a bit of a pain, yes, but um, you can do that. And just to, you know, you'll know if you made changes or not, because the save button by default should be dimmed. But if it's not, then either way, you just want to hit the cancel button. So that way you don't actually make any changes. But you can go to the password field and then you can just do like the copy and paste method to copy your password if you need to paste it somewhere else. So that is how you get around that. This is okay. Brad. Yeah. Go ahead, Brad. Where do you find the edit button, Herbie? Because I've apparently missed that. So when you go to, like, say, if you have um, an iBug account password, um, so you would go to where it would say, like, iBug today, you would double tap that, and at the top is an edit button right before the username and password. Uh, okay, this is Suva. Look for that. Yeah, Suva, go ahead. The location of if you're trying to orientate is Brad is going to be at the top right once you double tap on the icon that you're trying to see or the, the 
the account that you're trying to see for the password. Is Kathy? Yeah, go ahead, Kathy. Are you back in settings or are you actually on the website where the password is being needed, where this edit field is? So this is. This, this Greg, are you there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, somebody's yeah, breaking up. The, okay, D, go ahead. Okay, yeah, um, that edit thing is it's in the app itself called passwords. Oh, so but so you're in settings and then you go to passwords. Uh, I usually go. Yeah, way down at the bottom, and then when it starts all of your uh, apps. Okay. You're yeah. I'm I'm confused. Uh, yeah, if somebody can explain that. So, are you are you going to the in settings? You're going to where it has your name, and then going down Suva? to yeah. Go ahead, Suva. So you're going to um, settings, then you're swiping until you get to passwords. And in your passwords, it's going to ask you to log in using your touch ID. Otherwise, it won't let you go through. So as soon as you either face ID or touch ID, they recognize it's you. It will introduce you to different accounts that you have, say, Amazon, eBay, school, work. It doesn't matter what account that you have your password saved to. And each individual account, you will have to double click on. So say you've selected Amazon, you double click on Amazon. And that after you click on Amazon icon, it will take you to the next page where you will be presented with this edit button at the top right hand side. So if you double click on the or yeah, double tap on the edit button, you will be presented with the password. You can then listen to it or copy and paste the rest. Perfect. Very good explanation, Suva. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. Pete. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. Uh, one other way, when you get to the, the screen with your usernames and passwords, this, the last screen that Suva mentioned, uh, if one of them is not dimmed, but um, asterisked, where you can't see the characters, if you double tap and hold, single finger double tap and hold, you'll get a menu, uh, one of the options in which is to copy. So you can double tap on that and then you've copied the underlying actual password, not the bullets. And you can then go paste that in your website or your other app, wherever it's needed. All right, good. Very good. This is, this is free. Yeah, Sri. So, so are we talking about keychain or are we talking about something different? Yeah. Yeah. I Pete, think. go ahead. Yeah, I think it's keychain. It's in settings under passwords. And then you uh, go to the particular app or website, which is alphabetically listed, and your password and username reside there. This is Herbie. Well, let's give D. D was, uh, spoke up next. D, did you have something uh, to say? Yeah, I was just going to say whenever uh, Sri just asked about. Uh, keychain or passwords that is confusing because wasn't the app called 
keychain, but then in the phone itself, it shows under passwords. Yeah, let's, uh, Herbie, why don't you go ahead and then, and then let's move on. So the only time the phone references keychain is, okay, so let's see if I can explain this a little bit better. Passwords is what stores your passwords on the phone. Keychain is what actually stores them in iCloud. So that's really kind of the difference between the two. So you'd use the keychain storage if you want to make sure that whenever you lose your phone or whatever, you can get all your passwords back. And um, so there is a slight difference between out and out keychain versus just like the password storage, the, 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 the password storage. But um, I just want to say I did not know that about the double click and hold on the stars on the password. That is totally cool. And I did also want to mention that if you have more questions about passwords app in general or about password managers, we did a cafe several months back on that very topic. So oh. just wanted to remind everybody about uh, that and that uh, you can find them on YouTube or iBug, wherever you get your iBug podcasts. Right. We need, we need to go ahead and move on, but, but I did have one, one question. Whoa. Oh no. Um, the uh, uh there's not there's not a an app per se is there there's not a there's not a password this is her uh, app it's just a line item in settings isn't it go ahead herbie i mean it's settings itself is an app but i passwords is a part of settings yes okay all right let's go ahead and move on how about another question Elisa. Elisa, go ahead. Um, I was noticing when I was on, I think it was Zoom. Um, it had me, it's supposed to be, it had me like if I was driving in a car and I was like, I'm not even driving, I'm not even in the car. And I was at home and I was like, why is it doing that? Is, is there a way to go around that? Or how do you how do you go about doing that? Because I, I seen that on Friday and I was like, "What? I'm not even in the car. I'm at home, in my house." Weird. Um. Uh. Yeah. Can you give us a little more information? Are you hearing auditory noise like you're in a car, or can you explain no, that again? It, it, um, it said um, Zoom driving safe drive safe driving mode, but it didn't. I was not even in the car. It was weird. Okay. This is Pete. Yeah, Pete, go ahead. You know, Alyssa, I um, I got a notification last Monday uh, that I was in driving. It's a, it's a do not disturb or a focus uh, status these days. But I was um, do not disturb while driving. But I could not find it on my Zoom screen. And it didn't really prevent me from doing anything. I could still mute and unmute and, you know, and speak up. Is this preventing you from doing anything else on your Zoom screen? Go ahead, Elisa. Elisa? Go ahead. Like, it wouldn't let me leave. It wouldn't let oh. me leave the Zoom account. And I was like, why? And I had to come That's back weird. in to rewatch the movie. And I was like, this is weird. That's weird. I haven't, I didn't see that. I could leave and I did. Well, just, 
this is Elisa. It would just say journal on mute, and then it would say speaker, and then it would say speak. It would say double tap. It's Herbie. Yeah, go ahead, Herbie. So this can be completely disabled, actually. All you need to do is go to the more tab. Don't go into a meeting. Instead, um, <clears throat> so before you go into your next meeting, just open Zoom app, the Zoom app. Go to the more tab, which is at the very bottom of your screen. Then at the top, you're going to look for settings. And then under settings, you are going to look for the meetings option. And in there is, you have to go down a little ways, but there's an option for safe driving mode and you can have that disabled. And then you will not have to worry about that popping up whenever you go into meetings. Mm, All right. This is true. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Lisa, the solution was posted on the Facebook page to your question. Okay. Elisa, does that does that take care of you? Elisa? Yeah, go ahead, Elisa. Um, I was not able to see the Facebook question because I've been out of Wi-Fi for the whole day and we just got Wi-Fi recently. So that answers my question. Thank you guys. All right. Let's move on. Next question. This is Jody. Jody, go ahead. Yes, my question is for Shree. On Saturday, or anybody else, but I but Shree was the one that commented. On Saturday during the cafe, he mentioned that you can custom, make custom gestures and that he'd talk about that at another time. So how do you make a custom gesture? You've talked about making circles and other things like that. How about it, Sri? This is Sri. So basically when you're going in there, one of the options that you can do is create your own gesture. Um, and basically how it works is you create a gesture and it records that gesture. Uh, so, for example, if you do a five-finger pinch, you it you basically uh, kind of create that motion, and it asks you to repeat it, and then you can save it, save that gesture, and create that as a new gesture. I could try and do one at one of the segments um, on how to do that. And that's under this, Jody. That's under commands and gestures. Uh, yeah, and it's. I think it's create. It's a create a gesture. I'll take a look at it. I haven't done it for a while, but uh, I try to do like a five finger pinch to create a gesture. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah. Hey, you could do it tonight. It's an iBug bite. This is Pete. It's, it's not my Go turn. ahead, Pete. How do you do a five finger pinch? <laughs> I was wondering that. Is that <laughs> I guess that includes your thumb. Your Go thumb, ahead, Chase. Yes. So basically what I was trying to do is I was trying to help someone out and uh, uh, I was just playing around with it. I do like, uh, so basically what I did is I placed five fingers on the phone and I just did a pinch in and uh. it basically records that motion. And so once it records that motion, it understands that the five fingers are touching and the motion that it moves. And so mm -hmm. that's how I created the five finger pinch. Cool. Sorry, it, it seemed to work okay? Uh, somewhat but okay. there's probably better gestures that i could have done without five finger pinch you know something that's because the important thing is it has to you have to record it exactly the way the gesture is right and so um i probably should have practiced a little bit more on that with the five finger yeah pete go ahead um i'm guessing two two questions three then i'm guessing you have to later assign an action to that gesture and then uh, it also has to be a gesture that's not already 
an existing gesture, right? You can't replace a, a single finger double tap with a um, different act, right? You know, I, I didn't try to replace one. I was actually trying to create for handwriting because handwriting only has a few gestures. Hmm. And one of the gestures for handwriting didn't work, which is basically a three finger swipe, uh, three finger swipe down, flick left. That's a gesture that's there, but it doesn't work. So I was trying to figure out some other gesture that I can compensate for that. That's why I was trying to create a custom gesture. Cool. This okay. is Jody. Yeah, Jody, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was paying attention on Saturday and Sandia said that you can actually replace gestures that are already being used for other things. And it gives you a prompt that says, do you want to replace this gesture you know, with, with your new gesture? And you actually can do that. Hmm. This right. is Sri. Yeah, Sri, go ahead. Yeah, I couldn't get it to replace the three finger for the handwriting. It didn't work with the five finger pinch, which is what I was trying to replace it with. Ah. So. But I mean, that gesture doesn't work even right now for that's programmed in the system for handwriting. That gesture doesn't work. So that could be one of the problems why mine didn't work. All right. That that sounds like a, a really neat feature that uh, maybe we can get a presentation on uh, one of these one of these other shows. Um, anybody anybody have another question? And you were kind of breaking up there. Uh, this is Calandra. Okay, Calandra, go ahead. I heard that. You could get a such thing as face sign, like if which is when somebody is talking to you and you can see them talking to you, and you can see them. Can you get that feature on your iPhone? Okay, somebody want to respond to that? Uh, this is Sonia. Go ahead, Sonia. Yes. So, so those are, um, yeah, yeah, that, that would be something you can do on your iPhone. And, you know, Calandra, if you are wanting to learn more, I mean, some of those are, you know, that we, we teach all of those basic features in the, um, in our mentoring program. So we would love to have you. So if you want to fill out the application when you are ready to start learning, uh, we would be glad to help you. But yeah, that is one of the things that you could learn how to do on your iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd rather, you know, uh, observe this one because I like learning all sorts of things in there, even though I don't plan on getting one. <laughs> okay. All right. all right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you, Cassandra. You. All right. Let's, let's, let's uh, get another question. Brad and then Suva, go ahead. A little Brad. while ago, we were um, there was a question that had to do with uh, do not disturb while driving, and I think it was actually in relation to the, the Zoom app. But that caused me to look at my focus settings and on do not disturb. And prior to what is it iOS fifteen when we got focus, used to be do not disturb was it, its own own deal we didn't have focuses and you're able to go into do not disturb and turn on or off or adjust settings for do not disturb while driving um 
And I remember when that first came out, you know, because I'm never driving, I'm always a passenger and I didn't want my phone automatically turning on do not disturb while driving because I'm not driving. Uh, anyway, I don't see that in in under focus in the do not disturb section. Does anyone know where you go to to, you know, get to those settings? Did those settings go away? Are they still there? Uh, that's my question. All right. Who can who can answer that? We have some very smart people on this call. Elisa. Elisa, Lisa, go ahead. Brad, what settings are you talking about? Because I'm very confused. I guess your settings, but I don't know what settings you're describing. This is Brad. Go ahead, Brad. There used to be. <clears throat> There used to be a do not disturb in settings. It wasn't under focus because we didn't have focus before iOS 15. And you used to be able, and it's been a long time since I looked at it. I don't remember when do not disturb while driving was introduced, iOS 11, 12, something like that. But there was a way to disable that so that you did not have your phone automatically go into do not disturb when it detected you were in a car. And <clears throat> I do not, those settings were under do not disturb. Then there was a section for do not disturb while driving. And I'm not, I'm not, when I go to focus and go to do not disturb, there's ways for me to set up a do not disturb focus but I don't see anything that addresses do not disturb while driving and allows me to in a, disable it or address any, any of settings for do not disturb while driving. I'll bet we have a bunch of people looking right now. Has anybody found it? This is Pete. I know it's there because I, I stumbled on it, but I don't remember where, so sorry. Okay, anybody else? Okay, we'll do some research on that and see if we can bring that back up because I, I I know I've seen it too. I just don't remember where it where I saw it. Okay, other other questions. Anybody? This is David. David, go ahead. Oh yeah, I just asked uh, Sarah to turn on turn on driving mode, and she said I'm turning on driving focus. So, uh, but I don't know why it doesn't show up in the list of focuses, foci, whatever. Um, I've, I've never seen it in that list. It's like work. It has uh, you know some of those pre-built ones. When you go into focus and settings, I don't right. think driving is, is is there. But but when I asked her to turn on driving mode, she said driving focus on. Right. I wonder if it's a, a sub uh, a sub item to one of the line items. Uh, Maybe so. Yeah, I remember when driving focus came, uh, or that driving mode came on the first night, turned off right away because it was, it was annoying me. Because even if you're riding in a car, it was messing up your your phone. You know, if you're just a passenger, so I kind of gave up on it. But anyway, that's it. Right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. How about another question? Uh, this is Sonia. 
Sandia. I think we did. We have a question from Suva, or did we get him? Oh, Suva, did I miss you? No, he didn't. Brad oh. and, and Greg okay. was going. No, it's good. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, okay. but but um, I I do have a question. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Sandia. Uh, so yes, my question is, um, maybe there's something out there. I just be curious, but um. So anytime, I don't know if anybody is interested to kind of explore like other shows, shows that are maybe not in English language, maybe it's in Korean or Japanese or other languages, the subtitles is in English. So, and it is not, can do audio description on it. So the, is there any um, apps or any other accessibility features that will read, pull the data from the video um, when it's playing and read you the subtitles in um, English, which is the subtitles are in English. And is there anything that will pull the data and, and read you those? This is Sri. Yeah, go ahead, Sri. Uh, yeah, so when you're watching a movie with the English subtitles, uh, go to the rotor and you have um, you have an option to um, one of the options is to play the caption, and you have uh, if you flick up or flick down, it'll tell you whether you want a speech, um, braille, and one other option. And if you put it to speech, it will translate the caption into voiceover. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, Sri, let me ask you, is, uh, what? Uh, what do you have to have selected in your rotor choices to make that happen? Media description. Okay. I think it's media description. All right. And good. then if you flick up or down, one of the options will be speech. And that'll that'll play the caption. Yeah. Suva, so, does that make sense to you? That is that is great. Yeah, this is Suva again. A follow-up question to that um, is that it, it works with a specific application or is that uh, everywhere universal? Uh, uh, this is free. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've done it with uh, on my phone watching uh, Netflix. Uh, so I believe that option is as long as you get the media description option available on the rotor, it should play. But I definitely watched a lot of Indian movies with English subtitles and Korean movies with English subtitles, and that, it works for me. Gotcha. Thank you. I'll try. Yeah that that's a that's a really neat feature i you know we have some people on the call that are are pretty new to using um accessibility features and we've got some folks on the call that have a lot of experience but it's amazing how even even for experienced users you always can learn something uh all right so this let's go ahead Shri. yeah three I, I believe the media description is also in the, under the accessibility settings I think it's uh, under the the the, co the closed captions. I think the media description might be in there too. I have to take a look, but as well as under the rotor settings, the media description when you're in the rotor, the selection is under the settings accessibility. I believe there's a, a toggle for media description. Okay, it might and be the closed caption. I'll look at it uh, during the break and yeah, find it and exactly. That would, that would put it in the your rotor choices. Uh, correct. Okay. All right. Do we have another question? Um, this is Janet from Colorado. 
hang on just a second, Janet. Who was that before Janet? Linda. Linda, go ahead, Linda. Um, yes, going back to Keychain, does it automatically save to iCloud or do I have to choose that option? Any responses to that? Okay. Okay, no answers to that. So we'll have to do some research on that. This is Marie. Thanks. This is Marie. Yeah, Marie, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't get to my phone right away. Um, I have a friend who recently got a new phone and she was concerned because her passwords did not transfer over to the new phone. And you do have to go into the settings where your name is up at the first and go into iCloud and you have to tell Keychain to, um, you have to have it uh, included in your iCloud drive for those to transfer to your different devices. All right. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Sandia, who did I? Uh, I forgot who said something right uh, after Linda. Uh, that was <laughs> Janet. Oh, Janet. Janet. I'm sorry, Janet. <laughs> Go. It, it, the floor is yours. Go for it. All right. Um. We have an update for um, this. This answer is for Brad. Okay. Are you there, Brad? He's gone off to watch NASCAR. Okay. Um, go ahead, Doc. My husband's going to explain it. That about that section concerning the driving. Yeah. When you first open Focus as an ad button, and you double tap that, you'll see. Drive, there's a host there's a whole button for driving where you can go set it set it up yourself. Okay. This is Brad. Go ahead, Brad. Go back and say where that was again under do not okay. disturb or under focus. No, no, no. As soon as you open focus, there's an add button. Add button. Okay. Yeah, if you double tap that, you'll find your driving. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank well, you. I set the way I like it. I just noticed. We were talking about that, and I started looking at it, and I didn't see it, but that, that's good to know. Um, this is Janet. Janet, go ahead. Um, the other day I was doing a, oh, this is my own question. Um, the other day I was doing a PayPal. Um, I was doing something on PayPal, and I got a thing on there that says, would you like to donate a dollar to iBug today? And I'm wondering... Is PayPal connected with Am with Amazon in some way or something? Because, uh, because I've never seen that before when I did a um, PayPal transaction, and I set up my iBug today with the Amazon Smile thing. So that was kind of weird. It's that Sandia. She's trying to she's trying to hustle money. <laughs> okay. Anybody anybody have a response to that? PayPal and getting notifications about the Amazon smile. No, 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 no. I was making a PayPal purchase. Okay. And there was a 
there was a thing in there that said, would you like to donate a dollar to iBug today? And I set up my <laughs> iBug today through Amazon Smile. Okay. Is it anybody had experience with that? <laughs> okay. I don't think Linda. Linda, go ahead. Um, I'm not for sure, but I think it's totally separate because I do have um, <clears throat> Amazon Smile with a certain account, and <clears throat> my husband and I do have a nonprofit. And sometimes we get payments from PayPal Giving Fund, and it's only for a dollar. And I'm guessing that's where that dollar came from. Ah, uh, okay. So I think they're totally separate. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. This is David. Yeah, David, go ahead. Yeah, Amazon has its own separate pay service. I don't think PayPal is even connected with Amazon uh, that I know of, but it could be you might have paid... Uh, uh, I bug like to buy a raffle ticket or something, you know, uh, through PayPal. And maybe it remembered that or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Okay, I forgot I even done that. I just, it was one of those did it and forget it things. Okay, thank you All very right. much. This is Sabrina. Okay, Sabrina, go uh, ahead. I have a comment on the um, just do not disturb while driving. I, I went to Focus, and there's a thing called Smart Activation. And from what I read, it says that it'll just activate when you're, like, in traffic or just in all, in any situation. It'll uh, just automatically pick up that you're moving uh, by your speed. So I think it also might be a Smart Activation as well. Okay. Something else to for Brad to try. This is Pete. Yeah, Pete. I think that's what Brad did not want. He did not want the automatic activation because he doesn't drive. He says when he sits in the passenger seat, uh, uh, it will it it used to put him into uh, do not disturb while driving, and he did not want that happening. So he's now looking for the settings to take it off automatic uh yes this is sabrina um that's why uh you because uh smart activation is automatically on you'd have to go on there and turn it off, off. because it's automatically on uh from having uh, the new phone and that's what brad i think was looking for yeah to get that turned off. off yeah, yeah. brad yeah <laughs> well what i would just we were talking about whatever it was we were talking about it caused me to look under focus and I did not see any settings for do not disturb while driving. Back when do not disturb while driving was first introduced, it was automatically turning on. And it's been a while. I've slept a few times since then, a few years ago when it came out. And I disabled it 100%. So, and I have not had a problem with it ever since. And whenever I set up a new phone, I always back my current phone up do an encrypted backup to my mac and restore my new phone from that encrypted backup so all my settings from one phone always go forward to the next phone so i've never had to go back and mess with it again and it just 
We had been talking about something earlier and it caused me to look at focus under do not disturb. And I didn't see any of those settings. So um, my guess is I do not have a driving focus set up because those things probably carried forward from the old way it was done. And I do not have one. And as long as I don't mess with it, I'm fine. But if you wanted one, like my wife has one set up because she doesn't want to be bothered when she's driving and it probably carried forward. And I bet that if I go look on her phone, she has a uh, do not disturb while driving focus set up that she doesn't even know about. But anyway, that Jody? was what I was trying to do. Yeah, Jody, go ahead. Where, where do you turn on or off the smart activation? So I just went to focus and do not disturb and it says uh, turn on automatically and it's right below there. It says smart activation in the settings. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. This is Sandia. Right. Go ahead, Sandia. Would it be um, unethical or morally wrong to set up somebody else from uh, automatic driving mode without telling them? This would be like your parents? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, it sounds like a legal decision to me. This is Brad. I was going to say that would be your area. Really? <laughs> Yeah, ethics. Yeah. Uh, I don't got no okay. ethics. Okay, I'm gonna thank rule you. That, I'm going to rule that question out of order. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, we have a this few minutes left. Who's, who's next? Well, this is Herbie. Yeah, Herbie, go ahead. I think for the record, I would say yes, just because it's not your phone. It's their phone. You have to, um, you know, unless you have power of attorney over them, that might be a different scenario. But I think otherwise you can insist they do certain things and really, you know, say, look, you need to do this because it's for your own good. This is safety. This is if there's any way you can invoke any laws saying, you know, you this is. I don't know what laws are like in, for Texas, for instance, what laws are for driving while talking. But if there are, then you could really use that to back up your argument. So I would say that um, even though your intentions are good, no, it is not ethical. Oh, Herbie, trying to get parents to do something like that. Yeah, that doesn't work. This is Brad. Well, this is a conversation on the record. And so I think that we need to set <laughs> things straight because that could uh, create problems otherwise. Yeah. So, okay, Brad, I, I'm, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Greg. I'm just saying that, you know, ethically, <laughs> yeah. it is wrong. Yeah. I, I, I've dealt with elderly parents before. They're worse than dealing with young children. Hey, hey, because hey. I am an elderly parent. No, you're, you're no, you're <laughs> not. Hey, hey, I, <laughs> you are not okay. a cognitively. T I say just do it because it's for their own good. All right, thank you. Okay. This, this is Pete. This is Shri. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, can we let's move on beyond <laughs> the elderly parents? Because I'm getting real depressed. Mo's got this a new Shri. question. Okay, Mo. Go. Got the simple question. Can't handle the truth. Whoa, 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 whoa. One at a time. Did, did Mo? Yes. So okay, go. The uh, reading menu bar, if I'm calling, if I'm remembering that correctly, the 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 reading is it the reading bar. Uh, how do we activate it? How do we, you know, it, it occasionally will will pop up, but I don't really know what the gesture is to invoke it. 
what what bar that's i may be calling it incorrectly the uh reading reading menu Uh bar bar. are you referring to reader mode in safari mo I'm sorry. Could you repeat? Yeah, I went. Are you are you referring to in in Safari the reader mode in Safari? Um, I I've seen it in Safari, but I've seen it in other uh, other apps. I believe it just um, it, it pops up as a floating bar. Yeah, uh, Herbie, did you want to add to that? I, Safari has a reader mode. I don't know about other browsers. And definitely, other apps do not. And you would find that um, kind of really like at the top of the page, like there's a little menu bar thing. But the problem is, is you're trying to give us a visual description. And that really is complicating, I think, confusing maybe what you're talking about. So we may be talking about cross purposes. So I think it would really help unless somebody knows but it might help to really have voiceover on next time you encounter the floater bar so with voiceover on yeah it it comes on it tells uh, it can tell us what it actually says yeah i'll i'll I'll, maybe i'll come back in the second segment let me see okay Mo. thanks all right sandia how are we doing on time uh you got three minutes. Okay. This is three minutes. Three. Yeah, I just want to clarify about the media description. I just checked it. It's uh, it's not under accessibility. It's under voiceover verbosity. And if you swipe down towards the bottom, you'll see media description. It's an on-off toggle. All right, good. Well, that would open up some possibilities for watching movies. I'll have to check that out. This is Suva. Suva, go ahead. Thank you very much, Sri. I was scouring through everything <laughs> in the voiceover right now, but okay. It's under voiceover verbosity. Okay, gotcha. Cool. All right, good. And towards One the more... bottom. Go ahead. I'm sorry, who was that? This is true. I'm just saying it's, it's near the bottom under verbosity. So. Okay. This is Suva. Thank you. All right. One more quick question. Going once. Alisa. Alisa, go ahead. So I noticed when I'm on Facebook and it's a birthday, I'm not able to post on that person's wall. It just says text, but it won't let me do nothing. Okay. Who has Facebook experience? This is Sandia. Sandia, go ahead. Yeah, we've been kind of seeing that, you know, intermittently. So it's kind of there. And I think. I, I don't know what else. I mean, we all know. <laughs> we know about it, but I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. So, thank you. All right. Are we close enough to You are good. Over? Yes. This all right. Pete. Oh, Pete. Can I, can I, this is Pete. Can I just say one more thing on Elisa? Um, sure. If you, clo- if you close Facebook out of your app switcher uh and then reopen it I, it has worked on occasion for me it has restarted it kind of that's it thank thank you all right sandia it's all yours oh wow thank you greg wow we moved through lots of questions there good job okay so here we go who has not gotten to say hello to say who you are where you're from hello Sharon. hello janet 
Hey, Janet, welcome. Colorado. Hey, okay, welcome. Bridget, Atlanta. Hello, Miss Bridget, we missed you. Glad you're back. Okay. This is Ned from Texas. Ned, welcome. Karen, welcome. Priscilla from Arlington, Texas. Hey, Miss Priscilla, the queen, welcome. Linda, Shri, welcome. Sharon from New York. Hello, Miss Sharon. Hey. Dana, Cincinnati. Hey, Dana. Welcome. Hey. Anybody else want to say hi? Elisa and Porter. Hey, Elisa. Welcome. All right. Okay. We're done with the second round of intros. Now, 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 we're getting ready for iBug Night at the Virtual Movies. That will be Friday night at 8 p.m. Central Time on this same Zoom conference call. 7.30 Social Time. Lots of craziness, chaos, whatever you want to call it. Music, trivia, name that tune, jokes, and all kinds of craziness. So... If you want some of that, come at 7.30. And then we have discussion and trivia to follow. And you may be asking, what is the movie for Friday night? I have no idea. So we're going to find out. We're going to ask the amazing, awesome, oh, well, I don't want it to go to all to go to his head. So let's see, the iBug guy, are you out there? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I oh am here. Oh Welcome everyone back for another fun time with Michael. <laughs> hey, where'd you go? All right, all right. We've got some more great clues to figure out what the big reveal of the movie is for this week. And to present those clues, well, it's just going to be me. But <laughs> oh, rules. They, they were generated by someone very special, and we will reveal that Friday night. Okay, here we go. The clues are, rolls, well, rolls, there, rolls. there's five clues, and we do have rules. Yay. Someone asks, what are your rules? You can play what this game. You have to say your name, wait to be recognized by me, and then you can guess the title of the movie. Also, you get one guess per clue. And you get five clues for the game. All right, everyone ready? Get your finger on those mute buttons or unmute buttons or whatever the case may be. Clue number one. Our film this week takes us back to a southern coastal town. That's it? That's it. Our film this week takes us back to a southern coastal town. This is Suba. Suba. 
I think I got it. It's uh, Steins Gate. Steins Gate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so close. <laughs> All right, but that's not it. Good try. That's it's Marie. Part of the movie. <laughs> it's Who Marie. 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 Prince, no. of, Prince, Prince of Tides. Prince of Tides. Ooh, that's a great movie. And we have not seen it yet. And we will not see it this week. All right. Three. Princess Bride. Princess Bride takes place where? Some coastal town. Oh, no, no, no. Three. Okay. Come again. That's it for you, Sri. All right, moving on to clue number two. This renowned drama follows the life of a troubled school teacher. I think I got this time. Suva here. Oh, Suva's back. It's definitely Steins Gate Zero. <laughs> oh, Suba, he doesn't give up. Steins Gate Zero. What? I have this no idea mad. what he Uh-oh. said, but it is obviously not right. Okay, Ned's going for Ned's gonna get it. his third in well, a row. Um, the prime of Miss Jean Brody. The prime of Miss Jean Brody, Ned. Oh, man. He always gets those kinds of movies, which we are not going to watch again this week. Thanks, Ned, for playing. This is David. David. Is it Mr. Holland's Opus? Ooh, Mr. Holland's Opus. That is another good guess. And guess what? Oh, no, 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 no. Not this time, David. Good try. I thought he had it. This is Shree. Shree. Back Uh, again. Birdcage? Birdcage. Another good try, Shree. You have been eliminated. That's only my second one. I got three more left. All right, next clue, unless there's somebody else wants to try for that one. All right, moving on to clue number number three. Clue number three, all right. Bring up clue number three. All right, this thing's not working. Okay, the school teacher has a sister and brother-in-law with a volatile relationship. Ooh, volatile. Volatility. Volatility, yes. You know what volatility sounds like, don't you? Okay, there. All right. No guesses on clue number three. I guess we are going to move to clue number four. 
the school teacher and her brother-in-law develop an antagonistic, antagonistic relationship. Oh, not good. The school teacher and her brother-in-law develop an antagonistic, I can't even say it twice, an antagonistic relationship. Okay. This is Shri. Oh, Shri, go for it. Is it the teacher? The teacher! Let me consult with the judges. They want me to ask you what kind of teacher? <laughs> the school teacher. The school teacher. <laughs> teacher of what <laughs> subject? All right. Three, you have been eliminated again. Uh, I heard I one more left. I heard Brad. Would it be Sup the English teacher? The English teacher. Oh, oh, oh my goodness, Bradford. Good try. So, play again. That's your, you've been eliminated also. All right, Suba. That was only my first guess. <laughs> This is Pete. <laughs> Super, then Pete. Oh, please, guys. I'm just going to mention it's a, it's a time traveling teacher or something. Oh, I thought you were going to say skating, scan, skate, or whatever you were saying. Okay, like. Pete. Go. Part three. The All right, Pete. Teacher. I'm sorry? The science teacher. The science teacher. That's a funny movie. We don't watch funny movies. Good try. <laughs> All right, all right. Where did you get these clues, Mr. McCulloch? They're uh, terrible. It's going to be revealed on Friday night. Oh. This, I thought out our best clue maker. Okay, go. Did I hear somebody else? Sabrina? Sabrina, well, you're wanting to guess? No. All right, here we go. Oh. The fifth and final clue. I'm hearing some I'm going to mute everybody. microphone breathing or something. And okay, I won't I, mute everybody, but okay, no breathing, people. Okay, go. I get, I get muted. Am I no, muted? You're here. You're here. This I didn't mute everybody. Okay, go, David. Oh, oh, oh David. Oh, is it streetcar named Desire? A streetcar named Desire. Let's see. Let me check with the judges on this one. I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. Yes, 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 a streetcar named Desire. We are watching a streetcar named Desire, the original with- What's that got to do with teacher? <laughs> yeah. She's a school yeah. teacher. <laughs> New Orleans isn't on the coast. New Orleans is right on the coast. No, it's not. It's on a river. And it's he kills the river coast. All right, all right. Technicalities, but David is that guy who always gets these movies right at the last minute. And obviously, my impression of the line from the movie didn't make sense. Anyone? Blues didn't make sense. Either. Either All right. Blues, yeah. 
Okay, this Johnny, is Ned. what do we have for our winner oh. tonight? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. David, I can't even, I don't know where you're going to what you're going to do with this or where you're going to put it, but you are going to have your very own restored street car. So I have, hope you have room in your, well, backyard or in front of your house, your neighbors will get a good kick out of it. So this is, this is an, it has an arch roof, steel body designed riding on double trucks and you can host lavish parties in there. You and 52 of your fellow friends or neighbors can gather in there. It has a canvas to provide, uh, to provide pro uh, protection from the elements. And it requires very little maintenance. So that's good. So, you know, you can enjoy your streetcar. Of course, it's going to be in iBug colors. And in case you're wondering how big this thing is, it is 48 feet and 10 inches, no, 12 inches, 12 feet, 12 feet high. And uh, there you go. So you have this, and it's about 41,000 pounds. So there you go. So enjoy your streetcar, David. And this is the original one from, it's been remade several times, but we are watching the original one from 70 years ago, starring <laughs> Vivian Lee, Marlon Brando, and Kim Hunter as Stella. Stella. <laughs> Okay, on that happy note, thank you, Mr. McCulloch, and thank you, David. Good job, and everybody else who participated. Here we go. We are now done with. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. See you, everybody, Friday. Okay, enjoy. Bye. Bye. Quite won't see a, you. Quite. I won't, won't see you though. <laughs> Oops, wait. Uh. Okay, there we go now, people. Here. Okay, sorry. We are now getting ready for the iBug. I bug bites segment. So we have lots of this is a busy meeting today. So we will have our I bug bites segment first, and then in a little bit we will have our I toys segment. So we've got lots to cover, and first we will start out with Greg. Greg, are you there? I am here. Oh, too bad. Okay, good, good. Glad you're here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, I feel like I need to start with some music. Oh no 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 um, no, you can't. All right, so tonight my uh, I bug bite. I was going to look at the uh, voicemail. Uh, tab in the phone app. So I'll open, I have my phone app open. I'll go down at, at the bottom. We have tabs for contacts and recent, and there are five tabs down there. The one to the far right, bottom right corner. Voicemail tab. It's going to be voicemail. Can you hear that okay, Sandia? Let's hear it again. Voicemail tab five. A little louder, a little louder. Okay. All right, so let's open that. I'll double tap on that. Keypad tab four or five. What? Voicemail tab five or five. 
Okay, I'll do a four finger tap at the top of the screen. Greeting button. And it's greeting. All right, let, let me double tap on that and let's go in there for just a minute. Greeting. Okay. Receiving so, greeting. Okay, so your outgoing message. All right, so on, on the greeting, if we flick to the right, we're going to get to, we have two choices. Cancel, greeting, save, dimmed, default. Okay, we can go with the default greeting, which would be the greeting where when somebody calls and goes to voicemail, it's you've called 512-444, whatever, uh, and leave a message. Or selected, custom. We can do a custom message. All right, if we keep flicking down, if we if we select, if we double tap on double tap on custom, and then we can flick down. Play button. We can play our whatever message we've recorded, and and you could play your your uh, default if if you wanted to listen to the mechanical message. But record. Button. We flick again, and we get to a record button. So we can tap on that record button. And it'll it'll record a new message over what we previously had, or it'll record your new message. All right, so short story. This weekend, I had a call from my daughter, and it went to voicemail. And the message was, oh, wise and exalted one, did you know that your voicemail starts with the word stop? And then what you've recorded comes on. And, and being that wise and exalted one that she was referring to, my response was, huh? And so I, I tried to re-record my message to get that, that uh, stop to go away. And I tried AirPods in, AirPods out, muting voiceover, uh, I called Apple Accessibility, and they said, oh, that's a that's really a serious problem. We'll make a note of it. But I still didn't have a solution. So I went to some of the iBug people and ended up working with Herbie. And Herbie suggested try that with wired earbuds, plug some wired wired earbuds in, and then silence you put voiceover on mute and then try recording. And I did. And Herbie was correct. That did work. But I would encourage you, get somebody else's phone, call your, call your phone and listen to your voice message and make sure you're not getting that stop message at the very beginning of your recorded message. Okay, if we flick back to the left and go to play, even if even if you record and get rid of that stop uh, message, you're still going to hear stop on that when you play it. However, you will not hear if if, if you call in from an, an outside line, you will not uh, that that stop word will not. Okay, who's Somebody, somebody turned their voiceover off. Okay, so you will not hear it if you call in from an outside line. Okay, so let's scrub and go back. Okay, so let's keep flicking, flicking right and go through our voicemail screen. Edit, voicemail, heading. 
Okay, so we're on the voicemail page. Sonia Rao, phone, June 20th, Herbie Allen, mobile, June 27th, 2022. Okay, so I have two two message messages that I have not deleted. This doesn't sound staged at all, does it, with Sandia and Herbie? Okay, I'll come back to, to one not of those messages in a minute. But in the meantime, I'll flick right again. Deleted messages button. All right, it says deleted messages. If I double tap on that, it's going to bring up a page that has all of the messages that I've deleted, but I haven't completely cleared out of the, the phone app. Click again. Blocked messages button. It has blocked messages. And again, if I double tap on that, it's going to bring up a similar page with any messages that I have subsequently gone in and blocked the phone number but I have not deleted the, the uh, phone mail that they had left. All right, so going back up, let me go back up to uh, my messages, just flicking to the left. Voicemail, Sonia Rao, phone, June 27th, 2022, 20 seconds, collapsed. Okay, so it tells me that's collapsed. So I can double tap on it to expand it. Sonia Rao, phone, June 20th. Okay, now if I, so the message has been expanded. If I flick to the right through the options. Voicemail position, zero seconds or 20 seconds. So it tells me the position. Play voicemail. I can, I can play the voicemail. Playback destination button. I could send the, the voicemail. If I had another speaker connected, I could send the voicemail to a, a speaker. Call button. Delete button. I, I can call, call Sandia. I can delete the voicemail. Transcription. Flicking again to the right, I get transcription. Flicking again to the right, I'll get the text of the transcription of the of the voicemail. So for Sandia. Hey Greg, it's me, Sandia. Just letting you know that we don't have any power and it's thundering language default. Okay, so it, it reads out the message. Now I can in that text field, I can use my rotor if there's if some word or or uh, some spelling that I wasn't sure of. I could use my rotor, go to words or characters, and uh, and navigate through the through the message. All right, and I can't cannot scrub out of this once it's open. So I'll need to just with my finger go back up to the Sandia listing. Sandia Rao phone June twenty seventh two thousand twenty. Okay, so that's expanded. I'll double tap on it to. Sandia Rao, phone, June 27th. So I double tapped on it to collapse it. And two other things I wanted to show you. So anytime I'm on one of these messages, I can flick down. Delete. And I have the delete option. More info. I can double tap on the more info, which would pull up her contact page, contact sheet. Share. Or I can I can double tap on share and I could share that message. Uh, via mess, uh, mail or message or whatever I wanted. Okay, one other thing that I'll mention, when you check your voice messages, voicemails, I've found that when I tap on play for a voicemail, I immediately want to do a two-finger tap on the screen to temporarily silence voiceover because it's sometimes it's really hard to understand what the caller is saying when you have voiceover talking at the same time. And that's it. Uh, I'll turn it back to Sandia to see if we have time for any questions. Wow. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, it's a, 
We deal with it every day. I hate voicemail. But anyway, thank you, Greg. And let's see what questions we have. Okay, who has a question for Greg about voicemail? The things that he talked about. Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. So when you were using the wired wireless headphones, it worked because my mom tells me, oh, your voicemail at the beginning says stop. And I'm like, oops, I don't even notice that. Okay. This is Greg. Yep. Right. At least it, yeah, uh, you might want to go back to this recording later. But, but the bottom line is you need to wear wired earbuds and uh, just flick to that record button and then do the three finger double tap to turn voiceover off, your focus will still be on that record button. So you can double tap it and record your message and then double tap to stop it. And then do the three finger double tap again to turn voiceover back on. Nikki. Go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm curious it, when, when you're talking about voicemail and it does certain things, do you get the same? Do you have the same problems when you're when you're listening to a text message? Do they both act the same way, or are there differences, and what are they? I I have not noticed that with text message. They're uh, easier to understand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you mean with with voiceover talking at the same time? Well, however it works, I'm, I'm I don't use voiceover, so I'm not quite sure. But I know that when I've sent text messages to people and I've spoken them sometimes they have difficulty with it and sometimes they don't but I've never had any problem uh, any negative feedback on voicemail so I'm just curious I didn't realize there were those problems so this is fascinating thank you so much right thank you yeah you just need to if, if you're if you have a message that you're listening to I, th I think it's pretty much uh, specific to voicemail where um voiceover would be talking at the same time as, as a message would be playing. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. This is Herbie. Herbie, go ahead. Um, so a couple things. One, I mean, theoretically, you should not have to mute voiceover if you're wearing earbuds because that should not come through at all. Um, so especially if they're a newer pair and there's no broken wiring, then you shouldn't have to disable voiceover. Um, the... Um, my question is though, like, has the transcription improved at all? I stopped using the voicemail app a year or two ago. I actually prefer an external one called Umail, which, um, I find a lot easier. And I also found its transcriptions to be more accurate, but I'm just curious if you think the iPhone one has improved at all in the last year. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point herbie i, I was going to say on on sandia's email or sandia's voicemail the uh, transcription came across fine on the the voicemail that that uh, you uh, left uh there were just a million it would there would be some text and then a whole lot of underscore 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 um i think that's i mean that's a known problem uh, that Apple is working on trying to improve that uh, Obviously, uh, translation. Obviously, some is all those things you say because hers come out clearly transcribed. So, yeah, some do, some don't. It, it's really kind of hit and miss. 
but they're working on it. Yeah, Pete, go ahead. I just want to echo what you said, Greg. It's I've not seen a lot of really good transcriptions, and I was shocked at how good Sandia's was. But then I thought, well, it's Sandia, so you know that explains. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but this no, is it hasn't ex uh, improved, in my opinion. Yeah, Sandia, do we have do we have time to One do any more, more questions? questions? Yeah. Okay, Sri, go ahead. Is the voicemail controlled by the Apple, or is it controlled by the carrier? Like the transcription, is that done by the carrier or by the Apple itself? I'm gonna I'm gonna send that out. I'm gonna phone a friend on that. But I, I do want to point out that that the what what shows up in the voicemail uh, choices could vary depending on your carrier and and the and the way in individual carriers handle voicemail. Right, but does anybody know if if that's if voicemail is controlled by the carrier or by Apple? The the trans the translation. This is Brad. Yeah, Brad. You know, I'm not sure. I think it's a combination, but I do know that when I switched from uh, Sprint to T-Mobile last fall, uh, I'm no longer getting transcription in the voicemail section of the phone app. I get a text message now with the same thing. And you have so, to open messages to read it? Yeah, it comes through what used to come through as a, you know, in the transcription part, like you were demonstrating, <laughs> I now get as a text message. Hmm. And that okay. happened when I switched to T-Mobile. Um, All right. And this we, is no, the transcription isn't any better than it, than it was to begin with. It's hit or miss. Sometimes it's, it's good, but usually it's terrible. Yeah, we probably got to shut this down. Unless and I know Sandia, Sandia wants to move then on. Then it's impeccable. <laughs> Sandia, take one, it away. You can have one more question. Okay, then we're going to uh, move this on. This is Terry with just a hey, comment. Terry. I have T-Mobile and I'm still seeing the transcriptions, which are terrible within um, after the voicemail message itself. I can flick to the right. Um, when I was with um, Verizon, I got them free and then I had to pay for them. So I am which I did not do. So I'm thinking they come through the carrier and not through Apple. Okay. All right. Well, there's a lot in there and sometimes can be frustrating, but thank you so much, Greg, for tackling voicemail. Okay, now... Okay, we're going from one segment to the next. I promise if there is any time extra after the iChoice segment, we will return to unanswered questions or we can always... Okay, so with that, we will hand it over to Herbie. Herbie, are you there? Uh, Herbie, Herbie, anyone? I am here, yes. Oh, all right. Uh, more importantly, is my uh, guest uh, speaker with us tonight, Maria? Yes, hello, hello. Is. I yes, am. You are. Yes. Well, I knew you were here. I just want to make sure you could unmute. So yes. tonight we get a special treat. We're going to uh, hand it over to somebody that uh, really knows how to do good presentations. You hear her the first Monday of every month on these calls. The one and only Maria, who's going to tell us about a very fascinating bluetooth braille keyboard you can use for your iphone as well as other devices called the hable one 
And with that, um, it's going to be interesting because, uh, well, I'm going to let Maria tell you all about it. Maria? <laughs> well, thank you, Herbie, and thank you for that kind introduction. So, yes, I am delighted to tell you all about the Hable one, which I actually have in my hands because I believe a small little miscommunication between the dealer and the manufacturer because it's supposed to be a pre-order uh, that was supposed to launch in U.S. It's been out in Europe. This is the company out of the Netherlands. And uh, it's supposed to launch in U.S. after the uh, summer conventions, so mid-July. Um, but the dealer that I purchased it from uh, had them in stock. And as I mentioned, little miscommunication. <laughs> so I got it about a week after I ordered it. So um, I have had it for close to a month now. <laughs> and um, I am very pleased that I got it. So what is this? So as Herbie mentioned, it is a. they like to use the word controller for your um, smartphone. It does work with both um, iOS and also um, Android. And I'll mention quickly, you can type with it in Windows, uh, but on the iOS and the Android side, of course, we'll be talking with iOS here. Um, you can both type and navigate. And so you might be thinking um, of a product like the Orbit Writer as a similar category uh, of, of device. I do not have one, so I can't speak for per from personal experience experience. Um, I will tell you what made me uh, purchase one of these. And as you all know, I do have my Braille display and I love my Braille display. I have my focus, but I like to sometimes just, uh, I don't need to take it with me. Like say I'm on the bus and going to work because I have my focus at work. So I don't need to bring my personal one too. And I want to just like type on the go on the bus. And I don't want to take my phone out necessarily um, just on the bus or even just um in general, there are or times when uh, it's easier to use the buttons rather than uh, Braille screen input on the virtual screen, or um, there are uh, times when, uh, well, just in general, I mean, I have smaller hands. <laughs> And so this is very much more comfortable for me to use as compared to even my um, iPhone 12 Pro that I have. So um, so that is uh, was certainly just one reason that I decided to look into something like this in general. Um, and so why I picked the Hable was because of the way it is held and used, which I will describe in a second, uh, because of the fact that there's on-device intelligence, so the Braille translation is being handled by the Hable itself rather than uh, the keyboard emulating a Braille display. And the advantages of that, so that means that the Hable is treated like a Bluetooth keyboard on the uh, on on well any device that it's used with. So, for example, with with Voiceover, you're not going into uh, Voiceover and then Braille to uh, enable it. You're going right from settings into Bluetooth. Bluetooth and uh, pairing it from there. So it really is being treated like a standard Bluetooth keyboard and the Braille uh, translation and the, uh, the navigational aspect is, is being handled by the Hable. And the advantages of that are that uh, the advantage is that you are not dealing with the Braille related bugs, like your input getting slower and slower, the more text you type with a Braille display, or some of those idiosyncrasies with Braille translation translation, wherein the uh, voiceover will just look at what you have typed in isolation, rather than as the Hable does looking at the text that you've typed between your spaces, uh, or your punctuations. And so it is making uh, the Braille translation more intelligent and, you know, work correctly as it should. So um, how do you use this thing? And what does it look like? So um, 
this is a, an oversight of mine and forgive me, but uh, because this is, as I mentioned, uh, a manufacturer in the Netherlands, uh, the dimensions of this are and weight is given in uh, millimeters. And so I'm going by basically off the cuff conversion senses off the top of my head. So I might be like an inch off, but um, it's about between four to five, I would say inches um, wide, about two to three inches um uh, I'm sorry. To, yeah, to uh, I, I'm I'm clearly blanking on these words right now. But the dimensions are about uh three to four um four to five inches um in one dimension, and then uh three to four in the other. So uh length by width. There we go. And then by height is about I would say like less than half an inch. So like maybe zero, I don't know, 0.3, inches, something like that. So it's smaller to give you a more comparison. My work iPhone is a, an SE 2020, and um, I have a case on it that has a, a, a bumper around the screen and this fits on that screen. So it is, I can just place it on top of that phone. So it is smaller than that phone by uh, length and width. Um, in terms of weight, it weighs about uh, 90 grams, I believe. And so that's something like 0.3 maybe pounds, something like that. It's really light. I have it in my purse um, and it's like, I don't even know it's there. Um, so what it looks like um, on one. Uh, so the way you hold it is like the way you would hold a phone in Braille screen input. So instead of having to lay it down on a table to type, you're holding it in the air or if you want to hold it against your chest or something, but you don't have to, you can just literally hold it in the air. So really you can hold it in any, um, you know, situation basically. So you've got your thumbs on the bottom side, if you will. And that side has um, four little feet and it has, it's the label with the, whatever it says on the label um it's in print um uh, you can feel engraving so this is, and this does not have a user replaceable battery on the and the battery life is about i believe 50 55 zero hours or 14 days uh and it is what they uh say and it takes about three hours to charge via usb-c so my hands or uh, my my thumbs would be resting on this flat bottom my pinkies would be resting on the uh on, on an edge of the device and that edge is facing the floor and on that edge is the USB C port um the, so then my hands like the inside of my hands like where my index fingers uh the bases of my index fingers and a bit you know more of my hands is uh going toward um the the inside of my hands that would be like resting on the sides of the um of the unit and it's quite um ergonomically designed um the edges kind of those sides that they sort of like curve in toward the keys kind of the way that your your um fingers would kind of naturally just curve in as you are um holding the device and so then your fingers and you're naturally um that that part of the unit that's the face, if you will, the, the edge that's facing away from you has these six keys in uh, three um, rows of, uh, of two cells. So it's basically three, two vertical columns, each having three. So if you think of like a vertical braille cell, so your fingers just naturally end up index finger on dot one ring 
finger, uh, middle finger on dot two, ring finger on dot three of your left hand, and then similar with your right hand, index on four, middle on five, and ring on six. And these keys have a little, they're actually nice and concave. Um, they're round keys and they have some concavature to them. So they're curved inward. So your fingers nicely rest in them. And then to the left and to the right of those keys that I described. So taking up the amount of space of the top two keys are a bit, um, they're more oval type flatter keys, although they have a little curvature uh, on them, not inward, but outward. And those are what are called your dot seven and eight, if you will, keys. So dot seven to the left, uh, taking up the same uh, length as the dots one and two. And then on the right, you have dot eight. And um, those are the keys. And then you're, you have um, on the top edge that's facing the ceiling is a switch. So this turns on and off nicely via a, a switch, a physical switch. To the right is on, to the left is off. And then I forgot to mention um, on the, as I'm holding it that way, on the lower right, there's a lanyard uh, little, um, I, I forget what the term is, but like you can put in, a, and it comes with a wrist lanyard and that's very convenient i have that right now around my right uh wrist so that's a nice like uh you know peace of mind kind of thing i don't have to worry about it falling so now that we have described let me demo for you um you really can just do a lot and and what i will say too um the commands again because this isn't emulating a braille display so the commands are actually although a lot of them um you can tell that the thought was to base them off of the uh, iOS commands, some of the, the iOS Braille display commands, some of them um, are, uh, you know, quite different. However, I will say that um, they are very well thought of, in my view. Um, they, whoever came up with this, it is very intuitive. The command in one direction is one thing, and then in the other direction, it's literally just a mirror image of what you just did to go in the one direction. And I have um, found it uh, quite easy to learn. Um, so, and, and I will say what I'm doing to just give you a flavor of uh, some of these commands. So mine is already paired. As I said, you would go through just generally in Bluetooth, um, you would pair it and it's very simple. You um, would get a request on your iOS device that uh, there's a pairing request and you would uh, swipe over to pair and then it would um, it would just pair. <laughs> so um, my phone, I'm going to tap. That is my phone. It's to my left. It's sitting on my desk and I'm not going to be touching it for the rest of this demo. And it's actually, if I swipe, you can tell it's locked. So no, not uh, doing anything with the phone. So the Havel, actually, before I turn it on, let me type a little so you can hear what the keys sound like. Okay, so that's just a flavor of what they sound like. The, the device is not on, which is why nothing is happening, but I'm gonna turn it on and it does have haptic feedback as well. So you will be able to hear, I'm, I have it very close to the mic and you should be able to hear. So I'm gonna move the switch to the right. You're gonna hear two vibrations to tell us that it's on. And then you'll hear, there will be a tiny little pause and then you'll get another vibration to say that it is connected to my phone. There we go. So now it is on. So I can now unlock the phone uh, directly from the Hable one. Um, I can press any key really. So I'll um, 
I can hold. Oh, and that's the other thing on this device on um, with the haptic feedback. So you can, there are commands where you press things and then there are commands where you press and hold and you can adjust the hold time in the menu for the Hable. So if I press and hold, say, um, I can just do anything really. If I, let's see, if I press and hold dot, uh, dots two and five, which is actually the command that you use to lock the device as well. And we get the haptic feedback. Now, sometimes voiceover, uh, there we go. It was being slow with my, with my, with my uh, speaker here, but it did say good evening there. So it has um, woken up and we're going to press and hold. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I didn't do it quickly enough because I was talking. I'm going to do that again. And then I'm going to press and hold dots one, two, and five, which is H to go to the home screen. Okay. Good evening. And now sometimes voiceover doesn't echo what's happening. So I'm going to. Monday, June 40, 9.44 p.m. Monday, June oh, 47. Button. Direct button. Face ID. So what I'm. There we go. Security I'm going to. I'm going to do this so that it doesn't lock. And then I'll explain what I just did. So. Batteries. Widget. iPhone. All right. 66, so what I did. Batteries. Widget. What I did there was. Um, iPhone. 66% charge. Okay. Actions available. What I did there was to, um, once I had done that, holding dots one, two, and five to go to the home screen, then I had moved um, because, again, voiceover wasn't uh, echoing anything. So I was checking where I was. And so I did that by you hold set dot seven and press dot eight. And you can repeatedly, you keep holding down that dot seven and then you repeatedly press dot eight. And that's like you're swiping to the right. You're going to the next item. So I did that a few times until voiceover uh, told me something you useful, which was that I uh, was on the passcode field. And then I um, typed in the passcode using the Havel one and the Havel one uses um, U UEB unified English braille. So I just typed in using the number sign dots uh, three, four, five, six. And then, uh, you know, just as you would normally type braille numbers, um, I typed in my passcode. So now we have unlocked the phone. So like, as I said, so to show you this mirror image concept. So like I said, pressing, uh, so holding um, dot seven and, and then repeatedly pressing dot eight, I can move forward. Cal Tuesday, convention host me from six, one morning, weather, hourly, 11, 12, 8, 1, 2, 8, 3 a.m. And, and these are my um, widgets for, for weather and calendar and such. So to move, and by the way, I just paused a voiceover by uh, holding dot one. And I think you can tell uh, you hold until there's a haptic feedback. And so now to move backward by item. So I, like I said, mirror image. So we hold dot eight and then we can repeatedly press dot seven. 2 a.m., 1 a.m., 12 a.m., 11, 10 p.m., web calendar from Connect Tuesday. And, and forgive the delay. This delay is my Bluetooth um, speaker, not the Hable. <laughs> um, so uh, it could also be that iOS does not like that I've two different I will tell you if I have my braille display connected as well iOS is very very unhappy my braille display is completely off right now bad things happen when I try and type and both are connected so um so let me show you um just quickly uh for example uh type like if I wanted to open notes and type something for instance so I'm gonna move um because sometimes I'm sure you you know uh, iOS at least I've noticed with any external device when I'm on widgets it can be a little fickle as to whether it wants to open my spotlight search. So I'm going to just move off of my widgets. And from 6 p.m. And we're going to go. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., calendar. Okay, great. So now we're out of my widgets and we're on apps. So now um, to in order to open the spotlight search, uh, which you do by 
scrolling um down that is you're gonna uh hold dots three four five six so you can tell this is based on the um the ios uh like traditional command um except you're not holding uh you're not you're not courting anything you're just holding those four dots spotlight search text and so i'm just going to type not insertion pointed star 116 items found top search result notes 117 items okay and that's what i want to open so in order to do because like as i uh, as i've mentioned there are only there are eight keys here um and you'll see the dot eight when you're typing by itself is used as a space so in order to activate the enter you're going to press dots one and eight notes there we go. Thank you, voiceover. Okay, like I said, sometimes it does not echo where I am, which I don't think is the Hable's fault, um, because you know voiceover is like responsible for this echoing. So, um, in order to uh, create a new note, and I'll just um, stop here once I once I show this. But in order to create a new note, so I'm going to move to the bottom of the screen by uh, pressing and holding dots four, five, six. Toolbar, new note. Button. And then I'm going to double uh, the way to double tap is uh, pre uh, pressing dots seven and eight. Note text field is editing. Okay. Character mode. Insertion pointed start. And I am just now in, um, I, I do have grade two enabled. Again, this is controlled by the Hable, the grade of translation and not by voice over here. So if I just type in, this is a test. It's a T ten F of Able, space, capital I, N, and again, forgive this delay. This is a delay of my speaker. So I'm going to just stop typing there. Um, I want to just show you like you can, um, there are commands for uh, using um, the rotor um, going in either direction. So if you uh, press and hold dot seven and then repeatedly press dots five and six, you move for, forward in the rotor. Portrait, words, lines, headings. Speaking and reverse reversing that pressing and holding dots uh five uh yeah depressing and holding dots five and six and then repeatedly pre um pressing dot seven will move you back volume speaking rate headings lines words and then heading. again there are uh, just just for the sake of time of course there are equivalent there are commands to flick if you if you will up and down um using the the uh to review what what um like if you're on character or word in the rotor to move by that element but there are also inbuilt um hable commands to do that so like for example um what's really great um you, like right now there's a bug as of this moment uh with text selection when you're using a braille display you can't um, flick to the right to actually select your unit. Um, so the Hable has its own selection commands for you. You can set the well, there are commands to select by word and character, but then you can also there's a command to set a, the beginning of a selection and then you navigate. And then when you're ready, when you've navigated to the end of your selection, you press that same command and then it's end of that selection. And then there are single um, commands. You can press and hold C dots one and four to copy, press and hold X to cut uh press and hold v to paste their commands were like bolding and italic and such so i mean they're really i'm like there there are um quite a number of commands and the way if you'd like to find out more information you can go the website is i am so i a m hable h-a-b-l-e uh dot com and there you will find um 
under the support section, uh, getting started guides and a function manual and even a manual that tells you about the Braille alphabet and punctuation. And I will say that it is very, very user-friendly documentation in my view. Um, Mystic Access, the company also is uh, producing in mid-July, it's going to launch some uh, documentation, audio documentation. It's only like $20 to demo using it. And uh, where I got it from is uh, a dealer called North stateat.com. They're based out of California. Um, and they are the price of the unit is uh, $349 plus shipping. Um, and I will tell you, I think the build quality on it is quite good. It's a plastic, um, but it's a recycled plastic, they say. And I mean, I let me I will just click. You can just hear I just you know, tapped it. And I think it's a pretty um, nicely built unit. So with that, you can tell I could keep going on, but I think I've given uh, a decent demo. So with that, I'm happy to take questions. At least so I hope I've take... given a decent demo. Yeah, yes, you have. Actually, that was very good. Very well done. I'm sorry I don't have my applause mixer uh, in here. <laughs> um, yay. So I'm going to take a facilitator prerogative here and just ask the first question and really make a comment. So the thing that really struck me <clears throat> from hearing your presentation, <clears throat> excuse me, is this is definitely more than just a braille input device. And my thinking is, you know, this could be a really a game changer for people who are comfortable with braille, but are not comfortable with the touch screen. This for an, an extra device yeah. that how solidly built it is hopefully would last them quite a while that would give them an extra layer of functionality and yes yes and there are actually users that's um if, it's interesting you mentioned that because i've seen that there's a user list once you order it and such you'll you get an invite to join from the company um but uh they and that is basically what a couple of people have said like i i like the braille but i'm not comfortable with the touch screen and this is like really opened up the use of the um the iphone to me so even if you don't know Braille, now's a good time to learn it. So that way Absolutely. you could get a device like this and be able to use your phone if you're not comfortable with the touch screen. My question to you is this, though. I was one of the things that really stood out to me was the ease of text selection. And so it brings up a question. Do you think you would feel confident using your phone to, like, say, write and edit a Word document with that Braille device, the Hable One? Ah, so you know, if it were like a basic kind of um, with just writing and maybe if I needed to cut and paste and such, um, I I haven't tried it, it uh, actually using the, the built in um, word app, but I that is definitely something I do want to play with. If it was something a little more complex, like, you know, auto numbered lists or headings or things, I think voiceover on iOS isn't there in terms of providing right. the feedback. But yeah, in terms of just selecting, I mean, it really it is it is simple to do. I can try and so like whatever gibberish and it's not gibberish, but I typed a few words like if I do the double tap, um, double tap to, uh, I just did the uh, pressing dot seven and eight to move to the top. And so then I can um, do this command. So, uh, I, well, I won't, okay. So pressing, uh, holding dot seven and pressing dots four and five. Tap D, select H, selected I. So this is one way, or I can do so instead of uh, so holding dot seven and then pressing dots four and six repeatedly. Is selected A. Selected test of 
Selected. So that, that's one way I can select and I can just say if I wanted to, um, I pressed this and I just uh, pressed and held C dots one and four to copy. And then like that mode that I was telling you the starting of the selection. So again, yeah, it's just um, insertion pointed end. It's pressing. Okay. Insertion oh, come on. It, it, um, you know, so it's it's pressing a certain right. um keystroke. I won't again for time's sake. It's pressing a certain keystroke, navigating in a similar way to what I just did, but using slightly different commands and then pressing it again. So I do feel like it definitely would make it um easier. Whether you know Word itself in terms of its navigation, the like weirdnesses that it does right. with like different edit fields for pages and things. You know, that's not the Hable's fault. I I don't know how right. like efficient it would be. But yeah, in terms of the selection and such, I definitely really like that. Well, you do also at least have the option of like notes, as Marie was demonstrating. Yes. And text, well, not text edit pages. I know yeah, or even like, what is it like Ulysses or something? Like Ulysses, some of those paid like editors. That. Yeah. Yeah. Dropbox has a basic text editor. So, all right, totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, as somebody that has an orbit writer, it does have a painful delay. And so an alternative would be awesome. All right. Oh, I... and this, this does use Bluetooth. I believe it's 5.1. So I should add with that. All right. Good to know. Okay. So. With that, I think we will open it up. Um, I was also thinking of Joe. Unfortunately, he's not in here because he has a lot of questions about text selection. But uh, um, um, if he has $349, he might benefit from this device. Yeah. So, okay. Well, Joe, check out the archive. On yep. This is Terry. Terry, yes. Go ahead, Terry. Um, I can tell you uh, that the Hable 1 pairs much more quickly compared to the Orbit Rider. And of course, it's it is a much more sophisticated device because the Orbit Writer, um, you know, doesn't have the the Braille translation program built in. And um, I mean, but the price is very different too. So you you definitely you have to take that into, yeah. into account. But what my I know for some people, the thing that has scared them away from the Hable One is the fact that you need to use UEB uh, input. But it is my understanding that, uh, and maybe it's gonna happen, I, I don't know, you know, during convention time or, but sometime soon, whatever that means, um, uh, Hable is also going to be coming out with uh, like SEB or uh, EBAE Braille so that you don't have to use, you'll have an option to use something besides um, uh, the- If we uh, have the time, UEB. I could really comment more about, um, from, given my perspective of yeah. switching to a UEB yeah. Braille mode, because really a couple iOSs ago, that's really what the iPhone had already started supporting for like Braille input anyway. Right. Well, and it's the official code, you know, in US yeah. too. But but yeah, I will say in terms of the update, I believe they're like, because right now in order to update, um, it's it's still simple, but you um, use a Windows PC and you connect it via USB and you download this file and you update. But I believe what they're working on too, in conjunction with US launch or soon thereafter is a companion app through which you could then do over the air updates. And that is upcoming. That is Marty. Yeah. All right, Marty and everybody else, please remain muted. And if you have a question, then um, Marty's done. Go ahead, Marty. Were you, were you demoing the Hable or the Orbit Rider? I, I can't- The Hable one. Now, yep, no, is, we're this they, is the Hable one. Which one? The Hable one. The Hable one. I do have a oh, demo okay. of the Orbit Rider that's 
a year is old. Is it or much so, different in price than the Orbit Rider or? The yes, the Havel one is three forty nine, and uh, Herbie. Then you can tell us what is what was I the think Orbit. The Orbit Rider is what ninety nine. The Orbit Rider is ninety nine, and quite frankly, folks, now, what, just go ahead, Marty. What makes the Havel? I mean, is our are there more amenities to the Havel? Yeah, so, so Marty, let me let me refer you. Um, if you could listen back to this archive, that would yeah, be great because I did say. touch on it a little bit, oh, okay, and I don't want to repeat. Okay. Yeah, so no, no, no problem. I know you came in late, so I would definitely suggest my you listen. phone battery went dead, and I that's okay. Asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I don't have an orbit right. I I kind of talked about what made me decide on this one. Um, I don't. I know Mystic Access when they put out their documentation on the Hable one, they have both of them, so they will be able to speak more from personal experience. But what I had talked about was more like on the feature side. What made me right, do they do me. they have a do they have a podcast on it? I, I will so check. So we are so running short on time. Um, so Sandhya, I don't know if you want us to end here or go over a couple minutes. Um, it's your okay, call. You can do it like five more minutes. Go ahead. Okay. okay. All right. Ahead, and so Marty, I'll just quickly about a podcast. Yes, for he, I heard his. So yeah, Mystic Access. If you go, they do have a free their free download um for May. Their free class was an intro to the Havel one. And like I said, they're gonna release this documentation in July that's gonna be like 20 bucks. It's a bit more extensive. Um and so yes, do check out on mysticaccess.com. Under this is Dan, question? Yeah. All right, Dan and then Shri. Okay, uh Marie, what about the battery on the Cable one, uh, you know, eventually you're going to have to change it. What can you can you do that as user? No, it's not user replaceable. So what do you do about the battery? Uh, I would say you would then, you know, contact the your dealer or the manufacturer. And um, I would imagine, I don't know if they would either like send you a you know, new one or just have you send it in to replace the battery. Okay. Um, batteries on braille displays can be tricky. I can tell you stories yeah. about the orbit to braille display. All right, Shri. So my question is, you know, someone who doesn't know braille, would mm -hmm. you say this would be the right tool to get to, to learn how to use it? Or would you recommend something else? I mean, I think it could be a tool. You can set your grade to grade one and then just, you know, type something and you press space and you see what voiceover tells you, you know, what is it that you've typed? Um, so, I mean, it, it could be a tool in the toolbox. I think if someone were to learn Braille, I would definitely want to, which I would encourage if anyone wants to learn Braille, um, you know, to, to use like a course, like something like, you know, the Hadley course or like some kind of more systematic approach to learn it. But, um, you know, certainly as a way to support the learning of Braille, I do think using something like this with physical buttons is easier than trying to do it with the Braille screen input. Um, and even I think, you know, with unfortunately with some of the idiosyncrasies and how Apple handles translation, I I do think something like this is better because it is doing it on its own. And to be blunt, it's handling Braille translation as Braille translation should be handled. So, uh, so um, there you, you go. Know. Um, no, though, Shri, I would mention the Orbit Rider might be a good starter just because you're probably not going to do any advanced typing so you're probably going to be less affected by some of the idiosyncrasies and stuff just at least when starting out with grade one so um that's something else to think about too and if you want to i for you or anybody i can direct you to some braille learning 
Zoom courses that are happening as part of the ACB community where you can really go in there and ask some more questions about ways to learn Braille. So um, I'd be more than happy to direct anybody to those resources. All right. Who is next? Last question and then we are done. All right. Well, it looks oh. like uh, we're done. Then, well, right. Maria, you, uh, <laughs> the, you stole the show. I think that was a good thing. If I'd have known, we'd have uh, had to. I think we needed to give you like an entire call for this. Okay. A great presentation. <laughs> um, real quick, I do want to mention you did a presentation for the Hable one on an ACB community call last week, and I believe that is going to. I think that was, no, that was not streamed. So I don't know if it'll be podcasted. Yes, I don't know. And what they had sent out as a recording was actually the manufacturer, one of the representatives, one of the co-founders. He came, I guess, kind of late. And so they did a little Q&A with him um, after. And that's what was publicly posted. I don't think what I had said or what I had done was posted for now. So that's okay. You can get Mystic Access's version, which is like an hour and a half and it's going to be much more comprehensive. I I think you should do your own version. Okay. All right. We got to go though. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Maria and Herbie. Thank you so much. That's a pretty powerful little device there. And just thank y'all for hanging in. And so thank you, Greg, for helping me facilitate tonight. If you're still awake, Greg, you still awake? No, he's sleeping. I put him to sleep with my presentation. Yeah, I think you did it, Maria. Wait, no. Uh, no, just teasing Greg. Um, so let's see, quickly review. We will have a meeting next week, even though it is July 4th. So come back and, you know, after you get ready to watch the fireworks, you can come here and watch us with our fireworks here. Virtual fireworks. Uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else? Tomorrow is Clubhouse and, I mean, the mini buzz on Clubhouse and then Mac, um, Mac and Talk on Zoom. And then Friday night is Ibug Night at the Virtual Movies. We're going to be watching A Streetcar Named Desire from 1951. And then Ibug Unplugged on Saturday. So we have lots of good stuff this week. So thank you all for everybody who participated, all the good questions. And we will be back. So have a great week. And thank you all, everybody, for helping participate tonight. Thank you. Stay thank well you. That's great.